Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Passion and Purpose Podcast Season 1.5. I love it. We're not committing fully to Season 2 yet, but we are on our way back to the bins for Passion 2022. So we want to drop a little special edition season in the mix with some guests and voices that are going to be a part of Passion 2022, January 2nd and 3rd in Mercedes-Benz Stadium here in Atlanta, Georgia. You're going to love hearing from these friends of ours. A lot of them you know, but a lot of the things they've shared in these episodes are things I didn't know and hadn't heard before. And I think you're going to be really encouraged, incredibly inspired. And I believe these conversations are going to encourage you and your own passion and purpose in the life and the lane that God has put you in today. So welcome to the Passion and Purpose podcast. We're so glad that you're a part of it. Um, Got some really good news coming at the end of each episode. If you're thinking about coming to Passion, there's a little treat for you in the outro of this podcast. But welcome to the Passion and Purpose podcast season 1.5. So glad that you're here. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Passion and Purpose podcast. I'm so excited. We are in season 1.5, by the way. So we did season one. We're still uh, waiting to announce whether or not there will be a season two. But we're in season 1.5, and I couldn't be more excited to have on with me today two amazing people, two, two of the best people that I know and two of the happiest people that I know. Christian and Sadie Huff don't need any introduction, but in case you've been visiting Mars or something for the last few years, they are speakers, authors. They lead a movement called Live Original. Uh, Sadie has a book that just came out that we're going to talk about briefly today, but she has a book coming out in a few months that I'm really excited about. They are leaders They serve in their house. They're brand new parents. They are church builders, (laughs) bodybuilders. Not both of us, but I'll take it since we're one. Christian and Sadie Huff, welcome to the Passion and Purpose podcast. So glad to have you guys on. Thank you. We're so excited to be on. Honestly, I was so excited when you started the podcast because Passion, Purpose, and Designer Jeans is in my top three favorite sermons of all time. And so um, I was really excited when you started the podcast. We've listened to a few and love it, and we're excited to be on. When I saw you starting the podcast, I was like, there's literally nothing that Louie can't do. That's that's true. (laughs) You have the highest capacity of anybody that I know. It's crazy. You have very high capacity. Well, I have a great team of people around me, and that is, um, I think, the key to the podcast for sure. I want to just talk right off the top about the trends of the world. You guys are in the midst of it. So we've got Dancing with the Parents, and we've seen you guys uh, and all your amazing moves. I love how people say, Sadie, you should be on Dancing with the Stars. And you're like, "Uh, yes. Is that frustrating, by the way, when you did a whole season on Dancing with the Stars and people are like, you should do that. You're like, "Mm mm-hmm, I should do that. I think it was 2016 or something. Yeah, it's been a while. That's the thing. Like, you know, I was only 17 whenever I did the show. I'm 24 now, which people still say I'm young and I am young. But that was kind of a long time ago. That was like eight years ago. (laughs) So people don't really realize I did it. So you should totally be on Dance with the Stars. I'm like... You know what? That's a that's a great idea. Just like when people on our live said I should go to Passion, I was like, 
I should totally go to fashion. <laughs> but um, no, it, it's funny. And that's honestly been something so fun for Christian and I to do together. I honestly think Christian should go on Dancing I was about with to the say, Stars. You see, I'm the one that's like, where, where's my comment? Yeah, he needs... He where's, needs um, where's Christian should go on Dancing with the Stars? He needs help hey, from hey. an expert. Let's just say that. Let's just say that. So you guys are in the midst of it, but yet I don't feel like you're trapped uh, to do what everybody else is doing. So talk about how you stay current, you're enjoying life, but yet not necessarily feeling the pressure to do every single thing and every single trend that comes along. Yeah. So you actually mentioned my book coming out um, next year, Who Are You Following? And I read about this in the book. But I think you have to, you know, go off that verse in Romans where it's do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's there's something to not conforming to the pattern of the world and the pattern of this world. There's a lot of trends in this world. There's clearly a pattern to this world. And we don't want to be someone who just conforms to it just because that's what's cool. That's what's in. That's what gets the likes. That's what gets the follows. Because sometimes like the you know, patterns of this world don't actually align with what we believe. They don't actually align with what we're going for, what we're going after, the way that we want to live, the fruit of who God is. And so mm-hmm. um, we have to do it in a way that we guard our heart, that we guard our mind, that we're doing things that still give God the glory, even if it's us dancing for 10 seconds to a video. Mm-hmm. And so something for us, you know, um, TikTok is like a big thing, right? But TikTok has, we just found it's not very edifying. It's not very good for mm-hmm. you. It You can't really guard your heart, your mind, or your soul because honestly, like it's one of the apps where it doesn't just have to do with who you are following. It's like any video can pop up at any time and like you can't unsee the 10 seconds you just saw. And so we were like, okay, well, how can we, you know, still have fun and dance because the Lord gave us this ability to dance and have joy and have fun. Um, but not, you know, conform to the pattern. And so, you know, we find that once a week, you know, typically when Honey's taking a nap, we'll turn on our, you know, on our Instagram where we can kind of guard our our hearts and we do a little dance and we laugh for about an hour and pick the semi-best one. (laughs) And uh, hopefully people can see that like, you know, in your marriage, you can have fun, you can dance, you can laugh. And even just as a Christian, you can. And so I think, yeah, to the point of, there are trends in this world. Um, and I don't think as a Christian, you have to always sit on the sidelines. I think God, you know, gives us the ability to have abundant life. Mm-hmm. But within that, you know, continuing to stay pure and to stay true to what you believe is important. Yeah. And I will say the Lord made some people better dancers than others. <laughs> this is a testament. Um, but yeah, I mean, when we do things like that, you know, we constantly just try to think about the fruits of the Spirit. It says love, joy, peace, patience. And when you look at a world that's so uh, anxious, depressed, you know, worried, you know, we hope that when you see just a simple content video like that of just us dancing, that it reflects some of those attributes of who God is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you're scrolling and you see, you know, all these things that might be negative and you hopefully get a glimpse of something positive that we're trying to put out. And ultimately, you know, being simple and just a simple dancing video like that is hoping to lead people to the fruit of who God is. I think one thing cool too that we want to show people is that I think people have an idea of what Christianity Christianity is mainly from what they've seen on Instagram or heard from TV or heard through like people talking. And it's kind of like a really bad view of Christianity. It's very negative. You can't do this. We're known more for what you can't do than what you can do. And we get comments on our Instagram like, you can't dance if you're a Christian. I thought you couldn't dance. 
But like, if you read the word, like the Bible literally says, you turn my mourning into dancing. Like, you turn my sorrow into joy. <laughs> and so we're like, David could break no, it we, we believe that actually sometimes in our hardest days, something that gets us through is dancing. Like we know that God can do that. And we started these videos literally right after the day we got back from the hospital with Honey having RSV. And it was a hard time and we were sad and we had just gone through anxiety and sadness mm-hmm. and all that. And we were like, we just need to go dance, you know, do something fun. And I think God's in that. And so, you know, it's not that God's not sometimes in the trends. It's just not conforming to the world to find, you know, your happiness, but knowing that you can find all those things in God and even more abundantly. What I love when um, I'm around you guys is I'm struck by the intensity of your faith and love for Jesus. You're both I would say, I don't know, this is a dumb phrase, but you're very serious about your faith. Um, you're serious about studying the Bible, memorizing the Bible. You're serious about sharing Jesus with people in your town. So it wouldn't be unlike either of you to strike up a conversation and want to share the gospel with somebody. You're praying people. You're committed to your local church. You preach messages all the time out of God's Word that you study hard. So you're very serious about your faith. But you're still young people, and I think people forget that. You're 24 years old, and Christian, how old are you? 23. 23 and 24 years old, and people are like, what do you expect them to be doing? They are enjoying life and having a good time and smiling and laughing and doing what 23 and 24-year-olds do. And for crying out loud, it wouldn't hurt the world if some 63 and 64-year-olds did a little dancing in the living room also. And um, so I'm sorry that, you know, you're stuck in this place where you have to be perfect for everybody, but obviously you know you don't, and you wrote a book about it. It's called, Who Are You Following? Pursuing Jesus in a Social Media-Obsessed World. I cannot think of a more needed book that could be written (laughs) other than the Word of God. So talk in... 200 words, what's the message of the book? Well, I will say I'm bad at keeping things at 200 words, but I will try. Um, You know, I feel like a lot of it is what I just said. It's, you know, even though we live in a social media obsessed world, And we follow a lot of people on social media. What I want people to realize is who you are following is who's leading. Who you're following is who's inspiring your life. There's a reason why in the gospel, whenever you read, you know, the gospel Jesus says to the disciples, follow me. Because he knows if you follow me, I'm going to be the leader of your life. I'm going to get to show you. I'm going to get to disciple you, you know. And what we're not realizing in a social media obsessed world is that we're following a lot of people and we're led by them and we're looking like them. And what I want people to wake up and realize is that, you know, that's not a bad thing that we're clicking follow, but we need to realize the weight that it holds. And we need to make sure that before following anyone else, we're following Jesus. Before we're anyone mm-hmm. else's disciple, we're Jesus' disciple. Because these followers on Instagram can give you a good, you know, discount code, but there's only one Jesus that says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father. No one really gets to what you're searching for, your purpose, your peace, your your passion, your hope, your joy except for following me. And so um, I kind of want people to read it and just kind of wake up to, um, I guess we, we talk about this a lot, the lullaby, you know, uh, the 
sometimes we can get in with our spirituality to wake up to like not just clicking and following and mindlessly scrolling and wasting Mm -hmm. time, but realize like, wait, we got to follow God and there's a mission and there's a purpose in our life. And I got to get on board with that. So it's kind of the overall concept, but I talk about so many relevant things right now. I talk about um, what it means to go from being liked to love, what it means how do you get past past things that you posted, past things that people knew about you? And how do you find redemption from that? How do you get past cancel culture whenever you're canceled or a part of part of cancel culture and all of these kind of relevant terms and kind of look at it from a gospel Bible perspective? Man, the book is coming out in February, and I'm just so excited about it. You guys have become parents. Obviously, people who know you know that Honey Huff is in the story now. So um, what's one thing that has surprised both of you um, that you didn't see coming uh, in, in bringing Honey into the world? She really is just like the best. Like she's such a fun just person to hang out. I say person to hang out. She's five months old, but she's just always down just to step into whatever we're doing. Like when before she was born, we kind of said, we don't really want to adjust to her. We want her to kind of adjust to what, to everything that we're doing. In a loving way. In a loving way. But she's just, I mean, she's handled it all so great. And it's so. Tell them what you said, because I think this is important, especially for new parents. One thing that you said is like the highs are high and the lows are oh, low. Yeah. The one, well, the one thing I didn't expect was like, I did not expect the highs to be as high as they were going to be and the lows to be as low as, they, as they're going to be. Yeah. I mean, when she's crying for two hours straight and you can't put her to sleep, your mind can go to a dark place. I'm just going to be honest. It's a low moment. <laughs> it's a low moment. But, but then the when she wakes up and she like looks at you and she smiles and she's, you know, cooing, talking, whatever you want to say, like it's, it's it, you can't explain it because yeah, it's just it's the, the best, best feeling. It's the best thing. Like, I feel like something I didn't expect from having Honey is like the confidence that would come from like being her mom because I think you know it's really easy to be insecure about really petty things in life you know um whenever your life's about you but when your life's about someone else then you're not really thinking about yourself so much and I think that's something that I've learned with honey but really I've learned even with God it's like when I'm not thinking about myself so much and I'm living for someone else I live a much more confident life and that is so evident in my relationship with honey and now it's more evident in my relationship with God but yeah, I think just even the overwhelming amount of love that you feel towards a little tiny person who can't necessarily do anything for you, but they're just like everything, you know, is the coolest thing. And she really is just like the best. She just learned how to do um, like little like kind of like tooting noises with her mouth where she goes like, <laughs> which sorry for all the podcasts who are listening to that. But at first we thought this is the cutest thing ever. And now she does it 24 seven. So I brought her to a worship night last night thinking this would be great. She, cause she honestly loves worship settings. Like she loves to be in worship rooms. I think she likes the lights and the music and, um, she's just like loves it and last night I didn't realize it was more of an acapella worship night and uh, she was doing that noise the whole time I was like okay honey all right yep not so cute in the acapella setting so we were sitting in the back but she's awesome oh so cool Christian I love your family I'm so glad I've gotten to know them you come from an incredible family but you married into the Robertsons and everybody knows the Robertsons and everybody knows uh, probably uh, too much about their lives. What's it been like for you making that journey and navigating that change? Yeah, so um, it really has been 
It's been different in a way, but it, it is so cool because her family is such a close knit family, and I come from a really close knit family. Maybe not immediately, or yes, immediately, but I have a bunch of cousins and relatives and and, and all those different things. But um, especially from being someone on the outside who you know watched the show growing up and and all those different things, her family is the most legit, genuine, as real people as they come. So I think when I first met them, it wasn't like you know, you're one way on TV, then, you know, when you actually hang out with them, they're a completely different way. They were just so real and authentic. And um, I mean, so welcoming and so loving. And when me and Sadie first started dating, I had a bunch of, um, you know, good friends around me, wise counsel around me just to, you know, keep me level headed just with the sense of, you know, if this pursues further, um, you know, into dating and marriage and engagement and all those different things that, you know, I need a circle around me to keep me you know, to keep my eyes fixed on God and not to the mm-hmm. possibilities of people recognizing me or knowing me. Yeah. And even her family's been so just helpful and gracious with, mm-hmm. with all those different things. And they're, they're really the best people. Mm-hmm. I have to say one thing that's kind of cool. And you mentioned this earlier about how, you know, I think people expect us sometimes to act older because we are, you know, I write books and we speak and all this stuff. And we've kind of been put on this Christian platform. But I am 24 and just a new mom and just got married a few years ago. And you married us, which is just so awesome and a part of our story. But um, but we are young. But I think at one point in my life, like I had started speaking and God was doing a lot in my life. And I felt like I had to be someone I wasn't. Like I felt like I had to be older and I had to be wiser and I had to, you know, have it all together. And so I just was like, almost like, I don't want to say you can be too serious in your faith, but it wasn't that I was just serious in my faith. I was just like serious. And I think I like lost a lot of what made me me, like the joy and the fun and like the laughter, because I thought like I had to fit this like mold and the mold of the only people I saw in that were just a lot older than me. Um, Not really realizing that they had to grow up too, that they had to have, you know, they were in their twenties at one point too. And so I think that I really kind of struggled with that for a little while. When I met Christian, he kind of reminded me of like where I'm at and who I am without taking away my, the seriousness of my faith, without taking away the, you know, desire to learn God's word and teach God's word and preach God's word and write like without taking away the seriousness, but still having that, but bringing back the joy and the fun. And I do want to encourage people in that because I see a lot of young people, you know, these days thinking like, uh, and I walk in these circles where they want to be a speaker, they want to be a preacher, they want to be a pastor, they want to write. And I'm like, yes, do that. But the level of seriousness I see in them, I'm like, but also like still be you. Like, don't take away the you because that's who God's going to use. And Christine actually said this to me last year, you know, 2020 passion. I was so nervous. I was so nervous before I was going to speak. And I literally thought during worship, I don't know how I'm physically going to walk up on that stage. Like I'm like, I'm so nervous. And I turned around and I looked at Christine and I said, I need some advice. Like, how do I get up there? Like, I'm so scared. Like, how do I even like get to the point where I step up there? And how do you do it? You know, when you're at moments like this and she said, Sadie, um, I just want to tell you, God doesn't anoint a different version of you. He anoints you. And he, she said, she does, he doesn't anoint the version of you trying to be me. He anoints you being you. And it took so much pressure off of me because I realized I don't have to go up there and follow John Piper being John Piper. I get to follow <laughs> him 
because I literally could never. I had to follow him being me. And with the beautiful combination of the generations coming together, that's mm-hmm. what's powerful. And so um, Christian really helped me kind of step into like all of that. And I just want to say to the young people listening, you don't have to wait till you get married for that. I, I you know, had that happen in marriage, but God can do that for you right now. But just kind of let him bring back the youth in you. Jesus even says like, without faith, like a child, you're not even going to enter the kingdom. So like, we have to keep that childlike faith um, while also gaining that wisdom for our faith. I love hearing you say that. You know, it's interesting. You don't ever get over or you should never get over the opportunity to walk on a platform in a football stadium to proclaim the word of God to people. And I don't think as long as we live, any of us are ever going to fully get over it. You know, it's just that thing of embracing how nerve wracking the moment is (laughs) and stepping into it going, Holy Spirit, you are going to come through right now. I know you are, you you have in the past, so I'm going to take a step of faith and I'm prepared. I'm confident in the word and I'm going to go for it. And I'd like to tell you that 20 years from now, you won't feel that way, but I hope you do feel that way 20 years from now, 40 years from now. So everybody's talking about your generation. Could go either way right now. I mean, it sounds terrible if you listen to one group of people, like everyone's leaving the faith everyone's bailing out on God. And then it's hopeful if you talk to other people, because we know that tens of thousands of people have already said, I want to be in the bins. I want to be in that space. I want to grow in my faith. I want to worship with my generation, and I want to build a church, and I want to reach people. Then the next day, you hear somebody else, you read an article, and it's like, everyone's bailing out on faith, bailing out on the church, bailing out on God. But you're, you are the the people that everyone's talking about. So what is your point of view on your generation and what do you see in the next five to 10 years for followers of Jesus like the two of you? Yeah, well, I think you're right. I think it does go both ways. I think that there's a lot of people saying, you know, this is about to go really south and people are not going to be believers and the next generation, you know, watch out, it's going to be the worst and all this stuff. And to them, I would say, Possibly. But then you look at the other side and you see, okay, well, there's so many people who are like radical about their faith right now or who want to be at the bids and who want a relationship with Jesus. And that could be really hopeful. And then to you, I'd say possibly as well. We are kind of in this like very almost split time where it really could go either way. And that is why I think we're so serious about our faith because we see ourselves in this time for literally. Bible phrase, such a time as this, that we have an opportunity to help people see what the gospel is, hear the good news, and have a life-changing moment, literally for the sake of the generations to come. And I think having Honey gave us even more of a fervency to preach the truth, to um, not hold back from what we're going to speak when we're going to speak it, because we know it could go either way. We feel that too. We see the downside. And there's a lot of bad, but we also see the good side. And I think one thing that, you know, just as a generation, I think we have to, we keep going back to this phrase in our life is just wake up. We have to wake up to wake up to the reality of where we're at right now in life. Wake up to the reality of how we're about to leave the next generation and where we're leading. Wake up to the reality of um, some of the things that we're doing. I heard someone actually recently tell me, um, she said, TikTok is just the worst thing for our generation. 
And I said, yeah, I think so too. And she said, yeah, but I still keep it for entertainment. Like we got to wake up. If you're going to say something's the worst thing for our generation, but then keep it for entertainment, like, like we got to start realizing that we can't hold on to both. Like we can't say like, yeah, we're going in for Jesus and we're going to the bins, but we're not going to change anything in our life at home. We're not going to weed out the things in our life that we're comfortable with. And I think we had to realize we were talking about this the other day that our generation likes to say like, oh, well, we just don't feel called to that. There's a lot of things in the Bible that as Christians, we actually are all called to. So it's not Mm -hmm. that you're not called to that. It's that you don't feel comfortable with that. And we have to get to the point where we take off our comfortability and wake up because it's hard to wake up when you're comfortable and you actually, you know, step into what you're called to as a Christian, not an individual call. Like if God says, hey, go to Uganda, not that kind of call, like the call to go and make disciples. And so we feel really passionate that we have to wake up and we have to respond to the call in our life as Christians. And we have to not be one foot in, one foot out. We have to go full force. So what I hope at Passion this year is that people don't just come um, to gather again, that they say, okay, you know, if 60,000 people came to Passion, we should see a massive change in the year of 2020, not January 2nd and 3rd, like the whole year and then the years to come because of the response to the call. And so, yeah, we feel like there could be a huge revival moment, like a generation on fire for the Lord, you know, setting, you know, kind of like trailblazing for the next, or we could go the other way. Mm -hmm. And that's a very big possibility. And so that's why we feel very passionate right now to be pretty serious and not mess around with that. Yeah. And one, one thing I've seen is like, if you do look at the landscape, like, you know, Paul in Romans says that the gospel is foolishness to those who are perishing. So you have that sense of like, you know, to those who are, you know, going down that path, you know, the things that we're doing, you know, it is foolishness to them. And I think even if, even if I were to look at the last five years, I think to an extent you're, you're weaning away from that lukewarm faith. Like it's either, you know, you're either on fire or you're either, you know, just completely off the rails. And I think that line is getting further to kind of keep your one foot in here and one one foot out here. And if you look at Galatians five, I talked about, um, you know, some of the fruits of the spirit, but after that verse, it says that those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. So I think for us as believers, you know, the, us who are truly going for it, that we are, you know, we're, we're preaching the gospel. We wanting, are wanting to see people come to faith. We, it, we have to have that mentality of if I belong to Christ Jesus, then I've put to death those things that were once alive mm-hmm. in me. And yeah. that, that's for me in my life. If I look at six years ago, Man, sin was just ruling my life. And that's why I'm so passionate now because I that was I was a slave to that. That was a master of mine. And now I'm on the flip side and it's it's actually freedom. And yeah. God is not limiting, but it's he he has this whole book because this is the way that is this is the best way to live life. It's not restricting. It's hey, if you actually want to live, then this these are the principles to follow. Yeah. And I think that if we don't if we don't have a generation of people who are putting to death the things that ultimately lead to death. You know, James talks about sin, you know, birth can, it, it, once it's conceived, at least to Process. death. If we don't have a generation that doesn't put the, put that to death, then we're never going to see, you know, we're never going to see the harvest that 
you know, that we hope for. I think the thing is our generation has to love, they have to learn to love the word. They have to know the word. Our generation, I don't think we know the word. I don't think people know the word because I think when you read the word, people are like, well, okay, well, that makes sense. But people don't read the word. People learn about the word from Instagram, from TikTok, from Twitter, from Facebook. And it's a skewed version of what the word actually says sometimes. You have to read the word. Like, even if, you know, I think sometimes we think it's a new generational thing to have like, you know, inappropriate joking or we laugh at inappropriate things. Ephesians 5 literally says, don't have any crude or foolish jokes come out of your mouth. There's no place for that, children of the light. Like if you if you read the word as a Christian and you said, oh, I shouldn't be joking inappropriately. Like that's not, that's there's no place for that, children of the light, but I can still be funny because the Lord puts joy in me. Like I think if you actually read the word, it would click that like, that doesn't mean I can't have fun. It just means that my fun isn't going to be foolish. It's going to be in abundance. Mm-hmm. And so I just think, you know, we gotta we got to fall in love with the Word. we got to get to know the Word. I think people are starting to understand why we're so excited, Shelly, myself, and our team, to partner with you guys um, on the way to the bins because it's really not about an event. Uh, we're not in the conference business, don't want to be. It's about a generation waking up. And I don't think there's any simpler way of say it. You know, Paul wrote it that way, wake up, O sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. And I think, Sadie, what you're saying in a way is that we're living in such an individualistic culture right now where Christianity fits into my individualism the way that I need it to or want it to or the way I don't need it to or I don't want it to. God fits into my definition. He fits into my framework of life. And you're saying quite the opposite. You're saying, no, we fit into God's framework, and we we fit into God's way of life, and we fit into what He has already put in place for us. And it seems like that message, the message that we are all called to a certain standard of life as a follower of Jesus, and I don't get to slice that up and, and individualize it, personalize it, and you know, make it fit the way that I want to live. So talk just for a second about individualism over you know, the collective we as sons and daughters of God. Man, this is so good. I, I don't have my message completely done for passion, but all of this is in it. And this is what I was trying to teach my mom the other night about this individualism that we're going through. And I even wrote about this in the book. I talk a lot about little G God and big G God. And I think that really is what it is. It's we want to be our own God, right? Yeah. And because And social media really sets you up for that because you know, you get to receive the glory. Jackie Hope Perry even says it gives you an opportunity to almost be like omnipresent. Like you see everything. You feel like you can control everything, what you say, what you look like, what you do. And in a weird way, if you're not careful, it does create a world around you, you know, and in a godlike sense. And I think, you know, we can't be super surprised that we're here because the past few years, ever since the selfie came out, you know, there's a reason why they called it like a selfie generation. We're obsessed with ourselves. Um, I'll tell you a story. Me and Demi were talking about Demi Tebow. We we're talking the other day about this and just at how at times in our life we were so self-absorbed. And I said, the moment for me that I kind of realized it was my mom got me this gift for Christmas, which really would have been an awesome gift, but it was a uh, chat books. And I love chat books now, but at the time my mom got me chat books, which is basically like Instagram prints out all of your pictures from the year into like little books. 
Well, that year I posted so many selfies that all of like my um, main like covers of the books were like pictures of me, just my face, like <laughs> me and mugging, like being all serious, like soft smile. And I was so embarrassed because chat books doesn't post the caption. It doesn't post the likes or the comments. It just documents the picture. And I was like that whole year of my life, if you looked at it by pictures, was all about me. And I was like, that's so embarrassing. Like, that's so sad. Like, that is that is so, like, ridiculous because my year just felt like so much more than that. But that's how I chose to document it. And so since then, I've been a little bit more encouraged to, you know, open up my life a little bit more and share, like, like memories and things that I see that inspired me and my captions to have more depth to them. And, like, for, like, think about, like, how could I actually, how could this message that hitting me right now, inspire someone else? And how can I share it in this way? And it just kind of gives me a more of like a kingdom mindset and just like a self, you know, growth situation. And so, cause I think that's the thing, like Demi and I were talking about this the other day. Um, cause she said, well, you know, say we go out here and we do this big push and we tell everybody like, go post about Jesus and people don't feel comfortable with it. I said, well, they need to, if they're a Christian, because we can't care about losing followers and we're building the kingdom because you will lose followers. You know, you might see me have a big following. I lose thousands of followers every single day because like people don't like it sometimes, but like, I'm, I'm not in the business of like building myself a following. I'm trying to build the kingdom. And so we have to realize if we're building the kingdom, our life has to look bigger than ourself, bigger than our selfie, bigger than just like our, what we're receiving, but how we can give what we're receiving. And um, yeah, I had to wake up to that too. And so for people listening, don't just think, oh, she's got this down. Like, no, this has been the past few years of my life. This isn't like 20 years ago, I realized this. No, like two years ago, like like four years ago, five years ago, I realized these things and still, you know, becoming new. And um, just the conversation I had with my friend the other day, things that I'm sharing with you from that. And um, yeah, I think, I think you're right on though. We think individualist, but we have to think more kingdom and family. Yeah. You don't need to worry about, uh, being nervous, walking up to speak at passion. Cause you are, you have the message and you have the life and you have the platform to say exactly what you're saying right now in a way that honestly, Christine or myself or some other speaker can't. And I love how transparent you are and how, you're letting us see the journey that you're on because we all are on that same journey at the end of the day. You know, this this episode is fitting into a 1.5 season, season 1.5 of the Passion and Purpose podcast, which we're labeling back to the bins. And in a few days, Lord willing, we'll be in a space where God does miracles and transforms and changes a generation in the world. I wonder, since you guys have been a passion a lot, not just when you're speaking, and that's one thing I love about our friendship and relationship and all the speakers, honestly, it's not like we just plucked off a bunch of speakers and said, hey, well, y'all all come to passion. But we're friends. Um, all of us have relationships and friendships that go beyond just showing up at events together. And you've been to passion as a teenager. You've been to passion when you weren't speaking. Your whole family has come to passion. Um, Christian, you had experiences at passion. So what do you want someone to know, especially someone coming for the first time before they walk into the bins? Oh, that's a good question. I would just, looking back for me, I would, for my first experience, I really had no idea what was going to happen. Um, 
like a bunch of my friends invited me. Um, I was, it was like six months post like the Lord kind of opening my eyes to the way that I'd been living. And I really came in with no, no expectations. Um, but looking back at myself, I wish that I would have prepared my heart more for that moment mm-hmm. and really sense. just took time to pray for your experience there and what the Lord's going to want to do there from, from you after. Because, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times I talk about, you know, it's the parable of the seeds in Mark and it's, it's in the other gospels, but it talks about, you know, the, the, the different seeds that are on the different soil. And I think sometimes we look at these big things and it can be, you know, it can fall on good soil, but when, when, when things arise, it says immediately they fall away. And just preparing your heart for the words you hear, the worship that, you, that, that you're going to sing, the friendships you're going to make, just preparing your heart and just having that mindset of whatever, whatever is going to, whatever mm-hmm. I'm going to uh, sow here, it's going to reap in the months and the years to come. And that's going to transform my family, my future, my friendships, my camp, my, my college campus, my fraternity house, my sorority house. And really just coming in with open hands and a prepared heart for what, what God's going to want to do through you from that conference and what he's going to want to speak to you individually. Yeah, you just never know like what God can do and is going to do. And so I would say like prepare your heart. And how you do that is just pray. Pray yeah. that God would yeah. just yeah. reveal to you what he's doing in the room, what he's calling you to do, and that you would have an open heart to receive receive it, you know, so that you're ready. Um I will say too, what's really cool is the first year Christian came to Passion is the first year y'all asked me to do a Q&A and he saw me there and then DM me on Instagram, which is kind of like how our relationship, if you will, like started in a sense. So it's just really cool. Like you really just never know what God has for your future. But thank God we actually didn't meet then because we needed a few more years to grow and we did over the next two years. I was but, still on some milk. But God like truly you know met christian at that passion and did so much in his heart and then years later he was ready to you know take the next step in our relationship get married you know become a father and i think a lot of that was from things that god did in his heart at passion Mm -hmm. the other thing i would say if you're coming to passion and you've been to passion i would say don't make it about anything other than god like don't make it about speakers don't make it about who's singing don't make it about backstage anything other than god the group of people you're coming with like if it's anything other than God, don't make it about it. And, you know, even in the Bible, there's a moment where Paul kind of gets annoyed because he's like, people are like saying like, oh, I'm a follower of this person. I'm a follower of this person. And I got baptized by this person. He's like, I hope I didn't baptize y'all because you're making it about me. Like, I hope you would just make it about Jesus. Like, it's not about this person or that person or this speaker. Who was your favorite? Who are you most like? Just make it about God because you might not be excited about one speaker like you are about the other, but that's the speaker that God's going to use to say the word you need to hear. And so like, just be expectant about like, like every session, every worship set that God can move and speak to you in that moment. I would say invest in the friendships. Like you're going to meet so many different people from this college and this college and this college. And I would just say invest in those friendships. Like take a moment while the worship's happening, while the speaker's happening, when you first get in there and just look around at the tens of thousands of people and just realize that this is what, like, this is God's heart is that we all come just together. get, just come together and worship him. Different mm-hmm. backgrounds, different, different ethnicities, different countries. We're all just in one building lifting up the name of Jesus and just really soak that in. Yeah, it's good. Passion 2022 is just a few weeks away. 
and there's still space. That's the good thing about doing events in football stadiums. So you, it's hard to run out of room in a football stadium. <laughs> so yes, tens of thousands of people have already staked their place, but everyone listening, there's still a spot for you. And at some point in time, we will pray over every seat in every row and every section of the bins. That's one thing I want people to know before you walk through the door. When you sit in that seat, A, God will know you were going to sit in that exact seat from before they even built Mercedes-Benz Stadium. He knew on that day you're going to sit in that section, in that seat, in that session. But we are going to pray over that seat. And so when you do sit in that seat, you will have already been prayed for by people who are asking God to do what only God can do in your life. And there's going to be so much restoration, so much freedom. Uh, Darkness is going to bow. Light is going to shine. And I do believe it's going to be transformational. It always is. And if you'd ask me, um, you know, 20 years ago, are we going to be talking about passion in 2022? I'd be like, I might not even be alive in 2022. But here we are. And every time we gather, it's fresh. It's the same because we're stuck in Isaiah 26, 8, and happily we're stuck on the glory of God and the fame of God, but God does something fresh every time, and so pumped that you guys are going to be a part of it. I'm just excited for your contribution in these days, both of you. Sadie, I know you're speaking, but it's a we. Uh, every time I speak, it's a we. It's Shelly and me, and um, all of what God is going to do, um, He's going to do through the team that surrenders itself to him. And I'm praying for you, championing you, and I know you're doing that for everybody else on the team that's leading. And honestly, uh, we don't care who gets, uh, who, we don't care who your favorite speaker is. We don't care at the end of the day if any of our names get mentioned. I'd be totally happy if someone walked out of the bins and never, ever mentioned my name again. They just said, Jesus blew my life up. And I want to talk about him for the rest of my life. There was some people in there, and they seemed to do really good, and they helped me. But I, we just want people walking away, not even talking about passion. We want people to walk away talk about, talking about Jesus. And so uh, Passion 2022, uh, Back to the Bend, Season 1.5, the Passion and Purpose Podcast. Thank you guys for your time, your generosity, for your lives, for your friendship. And for being awesome, for being awesome, young, dancing parents who love Jesus and love His Word and want to make a difference in your generation. Can't wait to see you soon. Thank you, Louie. We love you and Shelly so much. We love mm-hmm. passion, and we're grateful to be mentored by y'all and be friends to y'all. So love you guys, and uh, everybody go get your ticket. Love y'all, and you're the best. And last thing I'll say, work on your message and a dance that you want to do. <laughs> I am working on my message, and I got to tell you, I'm more excited about this message maybe than anyone I've ever given it passion, and I don't normally have a passion message in October, um, so I'm pretty pumped. It's going to be exciting. We'll see about the dancing. We're excited, too. Hey, it's okay. I'll help you. I can help you. I can provide some lessons. Y'all take care. I loved the Huffs, and I loved that conversation. These guys are incredible. If you want to follow along with what Sadie's doing, check out Live Original. And if you want to be in the bins, we talked a lot about Passion 2022. I'm excited to say there is a promo code that will get you 20 bucks off your registration. 
Use the word podcast, all caps. That seems to make sense. And you'll get a discount off your registration. You can even share that with a friend. Thanks to the people who are making that possible. And keep up with us on the journey for season 1.5. We're going to have some amazing guests on. We're going to be talking about the bins and a whole lot of other incredible things. You're not going to want to miss one single episode. So I'll see you next time on the Passion and Purpose podcast. Mm-hmm.